Blog Talk Radio. This is Bobby Keys of WebRadio.com. And when I'm not on the air, I like to sit down and read a good magazine. The magazine I like is called 50 Plus, the second half magazine. It's a magazine all about the baby boomers. 50 Plus, the second half magazine features the legends of classic soul like Delphonics, Jerry Butler, the Stylistics, the Manhattans, just to name a few. Read their stories and hear it straight from them. 50 Plus, the second half magazine also covers health care as well as the lives of everyday people. 50 Plus, the second half magazine is there to share information with you. So order your copy today. Go to the website at www.50plusthesecondhalfmagazine.com and check them out on Facebook at PAB Magazine. 50 Plus, the second half magazine. It's all about the baby boomer. Morning show, Wise Words with Darius, is sponsored by 50 Plus, the second half. It's our time, online radio. Now, let's get ready for your host, the Professor Wise, coming up next. Um, Hi, this is your engineer. We're having a little trouble this morning, so please bear with us. Uh, Darius will be in shortly. Can you can you hear me, Pat? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, all right, cool. Sorry, guys. Um, I don't know what was going on with my microphone here, my headset, but I was not able. They couldn't hear me on the radio. But again, this is Darius, the Professor Wise, um, your host for Wise Words with Darius. Thank you all for joining me again this Saturday morning. I'm excited as always to have some time for us to share together and spend together. So thank you all for joining me. This is episode 33. Today's show is Be the I. Be the I. And before we get into it, again, as I always do, I want to thank 50 Second Half Magazine for being our sponsor and putting this platform together for us to be able to share every week. Uh, If you are in that baby boomer group, you know, you're those baby boomers that are still doing it and and still got things that they try to accomplish and do definitely check out 50 plus the second half magazine uh, for all the things that you are probably interested in at this point. And I also encourage all business owners whose target audience is the baby boomers to um, contact 50 plus and look into advertising to get your product service in front of those that can use it. Um, so check out 50 plus the ma- second half magazine at 50 plus the second half magazine.com. That's five zero plus the second half magazine.com. So today, today is episode 33 and the topic is be the I. Be the I. Now, what does that mean? First, I have to say this. Uh, my thoughts and my prayers and my positive vibration and energy go out to anyone who has been affected by these hurricanes that we've had recently. Irma, um, Harvey, 
anybody who's been affected by any of these hurricanes that are coming, we got Jose that's great, do some stuff up north maybe. Um, so anybody who's been affected, um, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to you. Hopefully everyone is all right. Um, I'm thankful that my mother-in-law and brother-in-law who are in Florida uh, are okay and made it through Hurricane Irma. Um, so I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But today's, we're talking about be the eye, and that's based on, you know, the eye of the hurricane, the eye of the storm. You know, during this hurricane season, so this, there is an actual hurricane season, and this is hurricane season. And this is the time of year that we can expect um, hurricanes and, and these type of, you know, tropical storms and things of that nature. But when we have these storms that come through, these storms cause major damage and destruction typically. So when they come from the ocean and they hit land, they usually cause a lot of havoc. Um, and, you know, this is what we expect for some of those things to start. We, we, you know, we always pray and hope that, you know, we're not affected. It doesn't hit us. It doesn't have any kind of effect on anyone that we love. Um, but unfortunately, that's not always the case, right? So um, when we go through and, you know, we're thinking about this and we're, and we're looking at what we've gone through, one of the things that I want you to understand is how the storm forms. You know, what starts out as a small tropical storm, you know, a storm that is um, just kind of swirling somewhere, usually east of us, and it comes west. Uh, that's typically how they come. So starting in Africa, somewhere like that, it's a tropical storm. This tropical storm, when it hits, has the right elements in its path, okay? When it has the right elements in its path, it starts to grow. It starts to grow, and then when this, this, these storms, they feed off of certain conditions. So they're looking for certain elements. There are certain elements that help it grow. The storm is feeding off of these certain, these elements and these certain conditions that are allowing it to, you know, grow and grow and grow. When these conditions are met, we, we typically have what's called, what, what goes from a tropical storm to a full-fledged hurricane, right? So when we, ha when we reach these specific conditions and these these conditions are met the elements that are needed are all in the right place at the right time now we have a hurricane this hurricane as we said when it hits land once it grows it hits land it goes up from a hurricane you know from a hurricane always to hurricane five or what have you um, there's a lot of damage and destruction that's done when when any land any people any boats anything that crosses the path of this storm so the main thing that causes the damage with a hurricane, let's just say, looking at hurricanes, the main thing that causes the damage are high winds and heavy rains, right? High winds and heavy rains. Now, the wind is not dangerous just because of what it whips around and all of those things, what it blows away and what it, what it blows around. That's not the most dangerous. That's not the only danger of the wind. The wind is also so powerful because now it starts to pull water on land. And when it's pulling this water on land and, you know, even especially if it's high tide and all that there now, we have these swells, we have 15, 20, 30 feet waves that are coming in. And now it adds to the rain. And now we have all this flooding that happens. Okay. So it's kind of giving you a, you know, it's going to go through a little quick background on just the hurricane, because what I want to share with you today, this is going to play such a big part into it. Now, I know that 
there have been millions of people, millions of people who have been in the path of Hurricane Irma, been in the path of Hurricane Harvey, and all these other hurricanes we've had over the years, right? I understand that. And I understand that it's a sensitive time for those people who are trying to work and getting their lives back together, and even those who unfortunately lost their lives during these storms. But I want you to think today about the storms you have been through in your life. What kind of storms have you been through in your life? Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be a storm of nature, like a hurricane or anything like that. It can be a financial storm. It can be just a mental storm. Um, but we've all been through some type of storm in our life. And I want you to take a second and just think about the storms that you have been through um, during your life. Okay. First one is, I mean, well, let's look at this. We've all heard this thing, saying, I'm sure most of you have, heard the saying that you're either in a storm, you're going into a storm, or you're just coming out of a storm. Right. And these are usually events that are going on in our life that are not favorable for us. Right. That's what we typically categorize as a storm. Right. So we're either in a storm, going into a storm or just coming out of a storm. So, again, these are events not really going our way. We look at them as storms. They sometimes cause a lot of damage and destruction. Um, and the situations that may have caused these, these storms may have caused situations that cause damage, heartbreak, uh, loss of life, you know, all kinds of emotions are evoked a lot of times from these storms that we go through in our life. All right. So now if we look, let's go back for a second and look at the a hurricane itself. So we're thinking about these storms. We have these storms that we're going through in our life. And I want to look at the structure of a hurricane. When we look at the structure in the center of the hurricane is what's called the eye. The eye. The eye of the hurricane is the calmest part of the storm. It's in the center. If you've ever seen an aerial shot of a, of a hurricane, you'll see the little eye, the little circle that's there um, within the center, and everything whips around, wraps around the eye. The winds in the eye usually die down. So the eye is in the center of the storm, but in that section of the storm, the wind is usually weakened. It's not as strong. The wind is not as blowing as hard. It's not as much rain. The rain slows down um, in the eye. And if you are standing and you look up and you're in the center, you're in the eye of the storm, you're standing on the ground, you're in the eye of the storm. If you look up, you can typically see the sky. You can see. You don't see the clouds and all those things that are bringing the rain a part of the storm. You can typically see, if it's a well-developed eye, you can see straight to the sky. If it's nighttime, you can probably see the stars in the eye of the storm. Now, when you're going through these storms that we have in our life, when we're going through these storms that we have in our life, then what happens is we need to learn how to become the eye. We need to learn how to become the eye of the storm. Okay? And this is meaning when we're going through these storms, we need to be the calm. We need to be the calmest part of the storm. Now, this can be challenging. I understand that. This can be very, very challenging while you're actually going through your storm and while you're going through all the things that happen in your storm. 
right? Um, sorry, guys. So while you're going through your storm, so this can be a challenge. And what this is this is the amazing part to me it, when I think about these things is that when we're going through these storms in our lives, when we're going through the storm, what we have been programmed to do is panic. We're typically been programmed to panic. We've been programmed to kind of go all over the place and do all these different things and not be able to focus and face the storm that we're going through. So we're not taught to be the I. We're not taught to be calm through these, um, through these situations typically. We're usually programmed to panic, and we panic in the face of the storm. So let me be clear. I'm not saying that when things happen that, you know, we shouldn't be concerned. Yes, we should be concerned. We should be looking out for our safety. We should be, you know, making sure that we are making sure our families are taken care of and everything is taken care of when we're going through these things. So I'm not saying when when the storm happens that you shouldn't be concerned. Being the calm doesn't mean that you're not concerned. What I'm saying is when things happen and you panic and you whip around like the wind of the hurricane, you are usually um, going to lose the ability to think clearly and logically. Now, let me say that again. When you panic because there's a storm in your life, you're getting whipped around, you're doing all these things, you're falling into whatever is happening into your life, first of all, you're not going to be able to think clearly. You're not going to be able to think clearly. You're not going to be able to think logically because what happens is we panic. We panic trying to, to do whatever to survive through that storm and to get to the, the situation where we're okay during the storm. So we're not thinking logically most of the time during these storms that happen. Now let's get a little scientific with for a second. Your brain, the prefrontal cortex, and the frontal lobe, which is basically the front part of the of your brain behind your forehead. This is part of the this is the part of the brain that is is said to be responsible for critical thinking. Danger or an uncomfortable situation it sits by the brain. The prefrontal cortex is usually hijacked. It's hijacked. It's taken over. And it's taken over by the limbic system part of the brain. And in the limbic system, the particular section of the brain that controls that is your amygdala. Now, a lot of you may have heard me talk about the amygdala before, but the amygdala is in charge of your fight or fight or flight response. So when there's danger, there's an uncomfortable situation, typically what happens is the amygdala takes over, it hijacks your prefrontal cortex. And what happens at that point is now it's fight or flight. So we are going to stand there and fight or we're going to run because now the amygdala kicks in and now the prefrontal cortex is not functioning as it should. So it's hijacked. And now that's, this is the reason why when we panic, when we have that fight or flight response kick in, the reason that we can't think logically. So this is not just happenstance. This is science. This is how it actually works. So when we're going through these storms, we have to be very aware and conscious that First of all, what is actually going on in our brain? What is our programming? Are we programmed to just like something happens and we just run or we just fight 
and we not think logically about what's going on and how to maneuver in that situation. Now, a couple years, several years ago now, my sister and I, several years ago, my sister and I were visiting our parents, right? So we're visiting my parents. We're down at their house. We're chilling. Um, At this time, my sister had had her second child, and my nephew was probably about one, around one, I think she told me. He was around one. My oldest nephew was probably two, a little over two. Um, And so at the time, my youngest nephew, still an infant, he's one years old or whatever, um, wasn't feeling very well, right? So we're sitting on the couch, and we're just talking. My nephew is in my sister's lap. She's holding him, and, um, you know, he's a little under weather. So he's kind of like just there, laying there, and he's like, eh. And so we're just talking, you know, just family time, just talking. And not doing a whole lot of anything. And then as we're sitting there and, and my sister's holding him, all of a sudden, just like all of a sudden, he goes into a seizure. Like, we're just talking. Next thing I know, he's shaking everywhere. He's convulsing everywhere. So he goes into a seizure and um, he starts to shake really bad. It's uncontrollable. My sister, of course, is loves her son. And she jumps up. Okay, I, I say out of, out of love and concern for him, she, he, she jumps up instantly, right? And when she jumped up, what she did was she took my nephew and she ran upstairs at my parents' house, right? So she runs upstairs with my nephew and she's screaming, trying to figure out, you know, she doesn't know what's going on, but she runs upstairs and she takes him up there. Now, mind you, in my, mother, in my parents' house upstairs, there are nothing but bedrooms and bathrooms and closets or whatever. So it's nothing really up there. So she takes my nephew, runs upstairs. And a few seconds later, she comes running back downstairs. <laughs> now, I'm laughing now, but at the time it wasn't funny. She comes back a few seconds later, runs back downstairs. So he's having a, a seizure. She runs upstairs, runs back downstairs to where we all were in the family room. I have a question to ask you. What happened to my sister? A lot of you are thinking about my nephew. A lot of you are like, what happened to your nephew? My question to you is, what happened to my sister? What happened to her? And I'm asking you that because she just jumped up and she ran with my nephew. What happened? What happened to her was her prefrontal cortex was hijacked. She panicked. She went into flight mode, Right? Her amygdala took over. She went into flight mode, and she ran with him because at that very moment, she lost her ability to think rationally. She lost her ability to think logically. So this is what I say. This is what I mean when I say that um, you will, if something happens, if we're not conditioned, our amygdala kicks in. And what happens at that point is fight or flight. So my sister had a storm that came up all of a sudden. My, my nephew goes into uh, a seizure. What happened at that moment was prefrontal cortex gets hijacked. The amygdala takes over. Fight or flight kicks in. And what did it look like? It looked like her jumping up off the couch, holding my nephew, and running upstairs 
And then I guess she realized upstairs that it wasn't anything up there to help him, and she came back downstairs. But this is not the end of the story. So I want to share a little bit more, but I wanted you to take some time to really think about not just my nephew at this point. I wanted you to think about my sister and what may have happened in her mind. But I want to finish the story. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break. I'm going to come back. We're going to finish going through this story. And I want to share some other things about what we do and what we typically do and happen when we go through these storms. So stay with me. We'll be right back. This is Bobby Keys, and when I'm not on the air, I like to sit down and read a good magazine. The magazine I like is called 50 Plus, the second half magazine. It's a magazine all about the baby boomers. 50 Plus, the second half magazine features the legends of classic soul like Delphonics, Jerry Butler, the Stylistics, the Manhattans, just the name of you. Read their stories and hear it straight from them. 50 Plus, the second half magazine also covers health care as well as the lives of everyday people. 50 Plus, the second half magazine is there to share information with you. So order your copy today. Go to the website at www.50plusthesecondhalfmagazine.com and check them out on Facebook at PAB Magazine. 50 Plus, the second half magazine. It's all about the baby boomer. This show is sponsored by 50 Plus, the second half magazine. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so my, my nephew's not feeling well. He goes into a seizure. My sister jumps up off the couch. She runs upstairs. A couple seconds later, she come, runs back downstairs. So I asked you, you know, what happened to her just to kind of point out the, the fact that this is what it looks like when your amygdala hijacks your prefrontal cortex. This is what it looks like when you go into fight or flight mode. Now, we go through this and, you know, um, this was probably in this situation, you know, I don't, I'm not looking at my sister that she's done anything wrong. My, my sister did exactly what most people would do, especially mothers to young children or mothers to their children, period. They're going to just kind of freak out kind of most of the time and try to figure out what they can do to help. So, you know, so my, I love my sister. She's a great mother. She has two, you know, amazing kids. Um, so I don't say this to say that my sister did anything wrong. I say this to say that this is how we're programmed. Because how we're programmed doesn't mean that you did something wrong. You did what you know, and you did what you think of at that particular time. So that's one of the things that I love about what we're doing is we want to bring, share some light on the things that we typically do that we may be able to do a little better. Okay. So what was my sister going upstairs to do? You know, she didn't really think about this. She, you know, what was she going up there to do? You know, what was up there that was going to help my nephew stop come out of this seizure? Really nothing. There was nothing that was going to help him stop convulsing. Nothing. There was nothing upstairs to help him. And there was nobody upstairs to help him. No one in my family is a, is a doctor. No one is an EMT. We didn't really know what to do. Uh, but if you look at the situation and you understand Right? When you look at the situation and you understand how the mind works, you can clearly see that the amygdala kicked in. Fight or flight kicked in. It's, it's so clear to see when I look back at that situation. Now, she was not the eye of the storm. My sister at that point was not the eye. 
what I want us to get better at doing and start to be aware of is how do we become the I? Because she was not calm, you know, and so I understand why she wasn't. I mean, you know, literally, I understand. All of a sudden, you're holding your child and he just starts shaking like that. I understand why you would not be calm, typically. Okay, I get it. You know, our brain, our brains are wired to protect us. Our brains are wired so in the presence of danger, we don't have to think. That that's 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 really the point of it. You know, thousands of years ago, if there was a saber-toothed tiger or something that was about to jump out on us, we needed to know to just run and not to think about it. So that's how our brains were really wired. Our amygdala controls this protective function. And being the I represents being the calm while everything around you may be blowing all over the place. So being the I means that you have to be in control and be able to have some level of control over the the amygdala and when it kicks in. So what happened with my nephew, let me just tell you what happened with my nephew. It's kind of some of y'all probably like the boy having a seizure and all that, and you talking about your sister. What happened with my nephew is that he had a seizure because his temperature spiked. He was having a fever. He had a fever. Temperature spiked real quick. He went into a seizure. So in the house, this is what happened. My sister's running all over the place. I was actually the calm in the storm. I called 911. I'm talking to the lady on the other end, the response responder, and she's telling me what to do to kind of calm my nephew down and, you know, help come, have him come out of the seizure. So I call my sister, I get her there, I finally get her to bring him back, and we're working with him, and I'm doing all this while the ambulance is on the way. So the ambulance comes, he comes out of the seizure, right, we do put the cold compress and all that stuff, he comes out of the seizure, ambulance comes, they take him to the hospital, he's actually fine, nothing was wrong with him after that, today he's 14 years old, he's in his first year high school, even though there was no damage though, there was no damage, even though there was no damage, I still think something's wrong with that boy sometimes. That boy crazy. Something wrong with him. But <laughs> I love my nephews, but he was fine. So he got through this. He's fine. Never had another seizure. Um, nothing like that. So, he's, you know, in high school doing his thing. Um, so everything was fine. But after it was over, I asked my sister, like, where the heck were you going? All right, can you hear me? Am I back on, Mara? Okay, cool. All right, sorry about that, guys. Got kicked off. Technology, beautiful thing. And so, all right, so my my nephew was fine. He's doing great in high school. My sister is fine. She's not all over the place doing that. She's doing her thing. So just wanted to share that with you because I wanted to paint the picture of what it looks like when we're going through a storm and our um, prefrontal cortex gets hijacked by the amygdala. So I just wanted to give you an idea of what that actually looks like. Now, when we find ourselves in, in a storm, if we are not in control of our mind and emotions, we can easily find ourselves in that same situation where we just run and we don't think. We have to be in control of our mind. We have to be in control of our emotions in order to have in, in order to not fall victim of the prefrontal cortex 
the frontal lobe being hijacked. Let's have a moment of clarity for a second. Let me, let's, let's just be clear about some things. Having a sense of urgency, okay? Because I don't want you guys thinking that I'm, I'm telling you don't, you, need, you need to just chill out and be strolling on whatever you're doing if there's an emergency. Having a sense of urgency and being out of control are two different things. Having a sense of urgency and being out of control are two different things. When it's an emergency, it's something that's life-threatening or a life-threatening situation. You need to move with urgency. You need to move quickly. You need to make sure that you get to wherever you need to go so that the situation can be rectified. But in those times, we still need to be in control. Moving with urgency does not mean you're not in control. But typically, based on our programming and how most of us are programmed, that's usually what happens. We're moving with urgency, but we're out of control at the same time. So what we need to learn how to do and what we're doing, you know, what I'm showing you through this episode and what we're talking about is being able to move with urgency, but still be in control. During the episode with my nephew, I was calm, but I was still moving with urgency. My sister was moving with urgency, but she was a little out of control. But we have to have that situation. Now, this, you know, we're going to have these situations where, like, this, this, this issue with my nephew, that, 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 that event with my nephew could have been a life-threatening um, situation. So we have to move with urgency. Now, you may say, why is this even something that we're talking about? Hopefully, we'll never go through a situation where we have to do all that. And what's the point? We just, you know, we, we'll get it done the way we always got it done. But my reason for sharing this with you is that, you know, when we're not clear in our thinking, there are opportunities that we miss out on. And if, it's, if we miss out on these opportunities, it's usually because of our focus is on what has happened and not what could happen. Or basically, it's not everything that's going on around us. So our, our focus is off. It's what we're focusing, focusing on. This is a challenge at times because, you know, the opportunity may not present itself right away. We may be in a situation where there's an opportunity coming or there's an opportunity being prepared and it doesn't happen right away. So we don't focus on what could happen out of this situation, whatever it may be. You know, we've heard stories of people that that lose their jobs, right? They get fired or whatever, laid off or whatever the case may be. and, And when they lose their job, you know, we've heard these stories of people going back to the job and shooting up the place, postal. They go in and they shoot up the, shoot up the place and shoot people and do all these kind of crazy things. It's because they're, they're, when they lost the job, they, they, that sense was danger for them. How am I going to live? How am I going to respond? And usually their prefrontal cortex is hijacked. And now we're not thinking clearly. So they go back and they make, this is the danger that could happen. They go back and they make a permanent decision based on a temporary situation. Mm. Let me say that again. They make a permanent decision based on a temporary situation. We have so many people that get caught up, that have a storm, that has something that happened, and they just react. And they make a decision right there without thinking. The prefrontal cortex is hijacked. They're not thinking clearly. They make a decision. They take an action. And it's a permanent decision. It's something that will permanently affect the rest of your life. 
And it was something that was temporary. If you'd have just taken a second and kind of calmed yourself a little bit, you would have made another decision that would have gave you a different outcome. So we, one of the things that I want us to start to do is be aware so that we don't make these permanent decisions based on temporary situations. How does the person, I mean, how does, you know, how does the person know that the situation happened? Because maybe they say that, you know, it was, it was God or it was the universe way of telling them that, you know, this is how you start your business. So you lost your job. Let's just say the person that lost their job that goes in and goes back and shoots up the whole place, kills the boss and all this other stuff. How do you know that that wasn't God or that wasn't the universe saying, I have something else for you? This is not the place that you need to be in. There's a better job coming. This is the time for you to start your business. This is the time for you to move cross country that you've been because you've been talking about it and you've been wanting to do it. Now I've given you the opportunity to move cross country because I've taken you out of that job that was holding you back. But instead of being patient and changing the focus and looking at what good can come out of this, we get hijacked. We go to fight or flight. We go in. We make this decision to do something that now changes everything. Instead of being able to focus on what, could, what good could happen from this situation. See, this is the importance of us having control and having emotional intelligence and being able to control our actions and emotions and really reprogramming our paradigm. This is what happens. We all may be in a situation where we're like, man, if I was actually thinking, I would have done, I'd have done that a little differently, Right. We all have those situations. We can sit back and say, ah, if I thought about it a little more, I would have done something. Now, I would have done something a little different. I wouldn't have done that if I would, if now thinking about it, right? That's the thing. Now, thinking about it, I would have done something different. That is an indication to let you know that you weren't thinking, that you weren't thinking, and it's unconsciously done. You not can you're not it's not like you have you say amygdala turn on and put me in fight or flight mode. That's not how it works. When you are not in control of your emotions and you allow the winds of the storm to whip you around, you will probably miss the blessing and the lesson in that situation. Whatever it is, you're going to miss it. If you make a reactive decision based on the temporary situation of the storm, you may create and probably will create a bigger issue than the original situation or the original storm. Person that just lost their job. So instead of just being out of a job, now they're in jail for murder or maybe they're dead too. Right? So we do these things and, and you know, we, we're going all over the place doing all this stuff. This is what the kids call, you know, you, you know, you, you, you're doing too much. That's just too much. You're doing too much. But we're doing too much because we're not thinking about what we're actually doing. We're out of control with our emotions. Now, at some point, we are all or have or will go through major storms. We all will. We all have. If you haven't done so yet, live long enough and you will go through a major storm. But then there are those situations that are not major storms. They're like little minor tropical storms. But we blow them up. 
and we blow them out of proportion like they're major hurricanes, like a Category 5 hurricane, and it may be some little minor small tropical, it may just be a rain shower, but we blow it up so that it's like a Category 5 storm, hurricane. And, if, and you know, these, you, you, we may know people like this, that people make, make it seem like the sky is falling, right? Any little thing that happens, it's a major blow up. Um, now, when we have these situations, it's like, you know, you're looking at this storm, you know, this is a major event, but maybe it's only you got a flat tire. You got a flat tire. You just can change the flat tire. Or you can call somebody to come help you change the flat tire. Or you can get towed. That's not a major storm, typically. But I want us to make sure that we're in control, that we're not taking these minor issues or minor situations and blowing them up like they're major situations and making decisions like they're major situations. Let's be aware of the level of the category of the storm that we're in. If it's a Category 1, treat it like a Category 1. If it's a Category 5, we need to treat it like it's a Category 5, right? Now, this is, this is the question that I have for you. So typically, by default, we react the way that we, I've been talking about, like the way my sister reacted. We, we kind of get up and we panic and we go all over the place. I have a question for you that I want you to think about. Who told you that you can't be calm or have some level of calmness any situation? Who told you that? Who told you that you got to panic? Who told you that you got to run all over the place? Who told you that you got to be out of control? Who told you that you can't, you shouldn't think properly? Who told you that you cannot be calm or have some level of calmness during any storm that you're going through? Where is that written? That if something is going on or you're going through something or something's happening to you and it's uncomfortable and it's inconvenient and it's maybe a shocker to you or a surprise that you got to fly off the handle. Where is that written? Who said that? Nobody. What happens is we get conditioned based on how we see other people respond, how we see other people react. And this helps program our paradigm. And based on these programmings that we have within our paradigm, it, it actually um, determines how we're going to react, how we're going to respond based on that. So think about that for a second. Nobody said you can't be calm. Nobody said that you can't, you know, think clearly when there's a, a situation. It may be a major situation. It may be a minor situation. Nobody said that you should not be able to think clearly. Think about that for a second. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Guys, we're going to come right back. I want to share a couple other things with you and some things that we can do to be the I. So we'll be right back with Wise Words with Darius. Hi, you're listening to the 50 Plus Radio Show, where the show is always so amazing. Sit back and relax and just enjoy the show. Now, let's get back to the show. Some of you may have, um, have seen the movie Sully. Some of you probably seen the movie Sully. If you haven't seen the movie Sully, you probably heard about the movie Sully. Sully is a movie based on Captain Chesley Sully, Sullenberger, and him landing a passenger airlines airplane on the Hudson River after they struck a flock of geese. Okay? So we probably already heard this. Probably, probably seen the movie. 
So this, when I think about the storm and I think about, you know, being the eye of the storm, this is one of the first things outside of the story of my sister. This is one of the first things I thought about. So here we are. Captain Sully is flying this plane, just took off in New York. And uh, after they took off, moments after that, they struck a flock of geese and they hit some, some hit these birds. And at, at the moment of impact of hitting the birds, Sully, who was a trained pilot, right? He realized that this was a life or death situation, not just his life, but the passengers There's about 155 passengers on this plane. So he realized it's a life or death situation, not just for him, but for his crew and 155 passengers. Okay. So, what happened to Sully? For those who've seen the movie, think about what happened to Sully. Sully actually did not allow his prefrontal cortex to get hijacked. He was actually pretty calm. And if he had not been calm, if he had let his amygdala hijack his prefrontal cortex, everyone on that plane would have died that day. But he was calm. And what he did was he actually went through and thought about how can I land this plane? How can I land this airplane? And everyone else around him was panicking. Everyone on the plane, they're screaming, they're yelling, they're panicking. The crew is trying to keep them calm. Sully is thinking in his mind urge, with a sense of urgency and calmness. He's thinking, how can I land this plane. And what can I do to save the people that are on this plane? So because Sully was in control of his emotions and he was able to think rationally, he is now a national hero by most people. And he became the first person to ever land a passenger plane on the Hudson River without one casualty, without one casualty. Nobody died on that plane. So between takeoff, striking a flock of geese, thinking about what to do, he lands his plane on the Hudson River and doesn't lose not one passenger. That's amazing. But this is, this is what it looks like to be the eye of the storm. So I'm always fascinated with people like Sully, and it's not because you know he's a hero or anything like that, but just because of the fact that they can remain calm when – there appears to be an impossible situation. That itself is it's amazing to me, not because he's a hero, but because he actually proved that you don't have to freak out when something happens. It, it proves that you can be in control of your emotions and develop this emotional intelligence that it takes. This is a learned behavior. Just like you learned how to react to fear and you learned how to panic, you can learn how to be in control and become the eye and become the eye of the storm. Be the calm during the storm. This is something that you can learn. Now, last week, I told my story about my recent storm, about what I went through recently and my in surgery and all that kind of stuff. I gave you some details about all that. You know, unlike the situation with my nephew and Sully. See, this is one of the things also I want to share about, about storms. Unlike my nephew and Sully, my situation with my surgery was something that I knew about ahead of time. I knew about this ahead of time. I had some time to kind of prepare for it and, and think about what was going to happen and also think about how I wanted to prepare mentally. 
you know, the major part of what I went through, I think, was preparing mentally, being mentally prepared. You know, I never panicked when I realized I had to have surgery. I didn't panic. I thought about what I wanted the outcome to be. And I focused on what I needed to do to have that outcome be the outcome that I wanted. Right. So there are going to be storms in your life that you're going to be able to see coming. There are going to be storms that you see brewing. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is about to come. You're going to be able to see them. And then there are going to be storms that happen all of a sudden. We did not see my nephew having a seizure coming. We didn't see that. That happened all of a sudden. But when you look at Hurricane Irma and you look at Hurricane um, Harvey, we saw those coming. We knew Hurricane Irma was coming a week before it got here. A week before it got here, we saw it coming. We had time to prepare. Now, that doesn't mean that you're always going to be able to get out of the path of the storm. But what it does is it gives you time for mental preparation, for you to prepare and get ready for what is about to come. So same thing is true with most storms that happen in your life. Some of them, you will be able to see them coming. Some of them will be a surprise. Only way that you didn't know Hurricane Irma was coming is if you were not paying attention. Same thing in life. There are going to be storms that you can see coming if you're paying attention. So one of the things that we have to do is that we have to pay attention. Because if you're not paying attention to your actions, your thoughts, your environment that you're in, the people that you're surrounding yourself with, and if you're not paying attention to all of those things, you will miss what the universe and God is preparing giving you time to prepare for y'all get that you're being given time to prepare for this if you're not paying attention you will miss that time that you are being given to prepare for the storm now in those times when we don't have a heads up when the storm just happens boom it's on us when we don't have that time now this is where our subconscious mind kicks in and if we're not building and we're not reprogramming this to work the way we want it to work, our subconscious mind, that is, then it's going to take over based on the programming that is already there. So when there is a surprise storm that pops up, it is going to be our programming and our subconscious mind that takes over and reacts based on our past experiences and our programming. That's what happens. So when it's a surprise, we don't have time to prepare, boom, it's automatic. Subconscious mind kicks in. Nine times out of ten, your amygdala is going to jump in, take, take control, hijack your prefrontal cortex, and now you're going to react instead of respond. Instead of respond. We have to always keep in mind and remember that 95, I would say to 98% of what we do every single day is done unconsciously. It's done unconsciously. So until we can change that program and we don't have to worry about what happens when it just happens, we have to be aware. Prepare now. This is where your awareness comes into play. The best time to fix a leaky roof is on a sunny day. So if we have, so, and the reason that I say that is that we should be consciously programming our subconscious mind every single day. We should be consciously programming and changing our paradigm on a daily basis. So when it's nice and it's beautiful outside and we're not in a storm, we should be programming our subconscious mind. So when that storm comes, 
we are prepared. You know, we have to be prepared. We have to be aware of how the thoughts that we have determine our beliefs and how those beliefs influence our actions. That's it. So when we're not in the storm, we should be always consciously programming our subconscious mind. And the one, and I'll give you a couple ways to do that, but one of the ways I tell people all the time, it's your I am statement. What are you telling yourself? What do you believe about yourself? We have to become more aware of what we're telling ourselves. Now, as we increase our awareness and, and you know, become consistent and conscious about our programming of our subconscious mind, become more prepared for the storms that happen and sneak up on us in our life, those that we can see coming and those storms that sneak up on us. It is about before that storm, before any of this stuff is going on, we are constant, consistently, consciously programming our subconscious mind. So some of you may be saying, how do we move forward and become the I? Because uh, my goal is for us, all of us, myself included, to be more conscious, be more aware, and be the I. So when we're going through something, we can move with urgency, but at the same time still be in control and be able to think. So we want to be in that sully situation where we can think through this major catastrophe that's going on right now and have an outcome that we desire. So how do we do that? How do we begin to do that? There's several things that we got to do. First, you have to be conscious about programming your subconscious mind. You got to be aware of what you're telling yourself. But I'm going to give you two additional steps that we can take. First, stay woke. (laughs) Stay woke. Ladies and gentlemen, remain conscious when the storm hits. Don't black out and allow your amygdala to take over and you don't remember. You see red and all this other stuff. Stay conscious. Stay woke. If we are not conscious, if we're not in control of our emotions, remember the amygdala is going to take over. Fight or flight will take over and we're going to respond unconsciously. So we have to stay aware. We have to stay woke when the storm comes. Your conscious mind will respond based on your past experiences, based on your biases. It's based on your belief, your programming. All these things are what control the subconscious mind, the unconscious mind, and you have to be aware of those things. When you are not thinking consciously and you don't have a lot of time to kind of sit and prepare, your subconscious mind fills the void. So when you don't have that time to think, when those things happen and you don't have time to think, you have to just respond your subconscious mind fills that void. Your subconscious mind makes that decision. The next thing I tell you, so first, stay woke. Stay woke. Stay woke during the storm. Stay woke when there is no storm. And always be aware of you need to program your conscious and your, your you have to consciously program your subconscious mind. Okay? So that when it reacts and we have to react, we're reacting the way that we want to. Okay? The second thing is you need to stop. You need to pause and you need to breathe. Stop, pause, breathe. Stop, pause, breathe. Stop, pause, breathe. So science tells us, this is not just me talking. This is science. These are, you know, people who study the brain and study the human interaction and human action. They tell us, science tells us that it takes about 17 minutes, 17 minutes for your body to recover from a dangerous threat. 
okay? It takes 17 minutes from your body to recover from a dangerous threat. So what happens is your blood pressure goes up. Um, Your oxygen that goes to the brain is now being rerouted from the brain to your limbs because it's preparing you to run and fight. So the oxygen from your brain is being redirected to your limbs. There's cortisol, cortisol being released into your bloodstream. Um, so it's all these things that are happening internally. Your heart, rate, your heart rate goes up. All these things are happening. It takes about 17 minutes for you to calm down and get back to your normal state. That's a long time if you're in a panic situation. But this time can be cut short if you learn how to calm yourself and get yourself together. <coughs> Excuse me. So you can cut that short. The way that we cut that short is we have to interrupt this process. If we interrupt that process, our recovery time is a lot quicker. If we interrupt that process, it won't take us 17 minutes to recover. You know, when you go through something, you get scared or something happens, you're like, whew, hold on, give me a minute. I got to get myself together. That is that 17 minutes that you're trying to get yourself together. So first thing we need to do is we need to stop. We need to stop. Something happens, don't just react. Stop. Stopping allows you to interrupt the anxiety that just unconsciously happens. So just stop. You got to think, stop. And so stopping is a conscious action, though. Stopping is a conscious action. So you have to be aware that you need to stop. Then you need to pause. Not just stop, but pause at that point. Take a second so that you don't make a permanent decision based on the temporary situation. So take that second, stop, and just pause for a second, just for a second. And then we need to breathe. The reason that we need to breathe, first of all, is that we need to get the oxygen back to the brain. When the oxygen is gone from the brain, our brain is not going to allow us to think that the way that we should. When your amygdala hijacks your prefrontal cortex, it sends that oxygen to your limbs. We need to breathe to get that oxygen back to the brain so that we can now think. So we need to stay woke, and you need to stop, pause, and breathe when you find yourself in a storm or you see that storm coming. So these steps will help you calm down, and it also helps you control the response of the amygdala which is what we need to learn how to do. It helps you become the eye of the storm. In those times when we're not, this is something that I'm encouraging to do, do what you feel, but meditation is one of the things that helps us control all of these things. You know, um, I encourage you, if you don't know how to meditate, figure it out. But my, my, my amazing cousin, Dr. Denise, O'Sullivan has taught me how to do these things. So it definitely helps you calm down. It helps you in those moments when you are, you know, when the storm hits and you're out of control, being able to control yourself, that definitely helps. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope that this helps you. I hope this shines some light on some of the things that you may have gone through in your life. And I want to encourage you to be the eye and don't get whipped around by the storm. Be the eye. Be the calm, be the one that can still think and have a sense of urgency and not make a permanent decision off of a temporary situation. Always understand what you want the outcome to be 
whatever that storm is, and focus and work on getting to that point. And understand, when we're going through a storm, there is usually a reason for it. There's a reason why you go through the storm that you go through. Just like the example I gave you, if you lose your job, it may not be just so that you can become homeless and lose everything. No, it may be that kick in the butt that you needed to start that business or to actually go find that new job or actually to relocate or do whatever it is that in your mind, that feeling, that, that, that inspiration that you had, that, that thought of what you should be, sometimes the storm is just the kick that you need to actually go after that dream. Because you would not be given the dream if you didn't have what it takes to accomplish it. Sometimes we need a jump start, though. So sometimes that storm may be just that. So, guys, become the I. Focus on being in control and having a sense of urgency. So I want to thank you all for joining me this morning. Um, I want to thank you. I, I, I apologize for some of the technical difficulties. It's probably me. Um, I was doing a whole lot this morning, but um, I want to thank you for joining me. I apologize for the for the uh, technical difficulties. I want to thank 50 plus the second half magazine for this platform. Guys, join me next week. If you getting something out of wise words with Darius every week, also share, share this platform, share that we're on blogtalkradio.com. Share that we're doing this every Saturday morning from 10 to 11. Make sure that we are able, you know, I want to be able to impact as many people as we can, and I can only do that with your help, guys. So thank you for joining me. Thank you for being a part of this. I am so excited that you were here. I look forward to next week. Be phenomenal, guys. Have a great week. And always remember, greatness begins with one wise decision. Have a great week, guys. I'll see you next Saturday. This show was brought to you by the 50 Plus, the second half magazine. Thank you for stopping by, and we hope you will tune in next week. Good night.